What's up, everybody, and welcome to From the Top Rope. I am your host, Gersh Brooks, and I am bringing you episode number 58 here on the WrestleBuzz Podcast Network. Uh, man, it has been a little while since uh, I've hosted one of these podcasts. Obviously, we all kind of took some break uh, or took breaks over the holiday. I hope you guys had a wonderful Christmas, holidays, New Year's, all that fun stuff. It's great to be back talking about wrestling. And what a goddamn week to talk about wrestling. Uh, but before we jump into all that nonsense, don't forget you can follow me on Instagram at I Hate Gerge Brooms. You can also follow this podcast at From the Top Rope Podcast. Um, obviously we're part of the WrestleBuzz Podcast Network. We have a bunch of different shows on here. Uh, the Wrestling Journal Podcast, that's our flagship show. You can, uh, follow them on Instagram at the Wrestling Journal Podcast. Uh, the boys over at Project Kayfabe doing amazing things. Was just listening to their most recent episode today. And what a, what a great episode. If you, uh, uh we're going to talk a little bit about wrestling, Wrestle Kingdom today, but if you guys want to deep dive or a deeper dive on Wrestle Kingdom, make sure you check out the latest episode of Project Kayfabe right here on the Wrestle Buzz Podcast Network. You can follow them on Instagram at Project underscore Kayfabe. And of course, you can follow the Wrestle Buzz Podcast Network and all things Wrestle Buzz at Wrestle Buzz on Instagram, at Wrestle Buzz with three Zs on Twitter. All right. Um, if you guys missed our end of year mega shows, um, you really should go back and listen to them. There was a three part uh, three part series. Uh, the first two parts were us discussing and really um, kind of grinding out the different categories and what deserved to be on the different categories. Uh, we had best match, best male wrestler, best female wrestler, best moment, best shock, best pay per view, ple, um, all that fun stuff. And um, and then the final ep- final part, the final episode, uh, part three, is where we actually voted to actually name uh, the WrestleBuzz podcast uh, Best of 2022. Um, really good stuff. Some shocks on there, some not shocks on there. Uh, but definitely, if you have not listened to those, you should go back and listen to them. They're great podcasts. Um, and of course, uh, just give a shout out to uh, thepaperchampion.com. Paper Champion, fantasy wrestling done right. Uh, we're, uh, we're in getting into WrestleMania season now. So, uh, it's a year long season. It starts a little after WrestleMania. It's a fancy wrestling league. If you didn't pick that up already. And, um, uh, man, I think I'm like hovering right around sixth place. Um, I'm in third place in the, the division, the universal title division. And, um, and I need to pick up my shit. I got the Royal Rumble coming up and really hoping to score some points. Um, if you're interested in jumping in, uh, on paper champion, uh, make sure you listen to this podcast and any other podcast here on the WrestleBuzz Podcast Network. Uh, and we'll be talking more about signups, but that'll be post-WrestleMania. All right. So let's jump straight in. What a crazy-ass week in wrestling. Um, I mean, I just, I mean, if you listen to the other, uh, the end-of-year shows, we kind of touched on a little of the craziness that happened over the holidays. Obviously, the Mandy Rose situation. Uh, Project Kayfabe does a really good deep dive on that. And... Um, yeah, wild times in wrestling, and 2023 is not going to be any different. So without further ado, let's kick into the 10 count. All right, coming in at number 10, Seth Rollins was apparently injured uh, in his match with Austin Theory this week on Monday Night Raw. Uh, if you watch Monday Night Raw, you know it was a, it was a weird show. It had some moments, um, and it had some highs, and it had some lows. Uh, but the main event was Seth Rollins versus Austin Theory for the U.S. title, and it was a pretty damn good banger. A little shifty finish. Uh, they, you know, it's classic heel cheating and all that fun stuff. But 
Um, what the cameras didn't see is after the match with Austin Theory celebrating was Seth Rollins throwing up the X to the ref, calling the ref over. Um, and you can see these videos floating, floating around on um, whether it be TikTok or Twitter, Instagram. And uh, you can just see him like, hey, I'm fucking hurt. You can you can pick up that vibe from Seth Rollins. I'm fucking hurt. Do something about it. Ref those up the X. And um, and then he posted something. I can't remember. Damn, I should have put this in my notes. He posted something on Twitter, like rebuild, refocus, restructure, or some shit like that, um, leading everyone to believe that he is, he is out with an injury. I'm not sure if WWE actually put out an official statement or any of that type of stuff, but as of right now, um, Seth Rollins is injured, uh, legitimately injured, and which sucks because we're coming into Royal Rumble, WrestleMania season, and I would put him as a, as a top contender uh, to potentially be one of the people who takes the belt off of Roman to split the belts, not take Roman completely off, but to split the belts. If you've listened to any of our podcasts, you've heard me mention my theory before or the theory I've heard and read. But uh, yeah, Seth Rollins is out. We hope for a speedy recovery. Hopefully whatever is going on, um, is quick. And, uh, so, I mean, the Royal Rumble without Seth Rollins, can you believe, can you think about it? Can you believe it? I don't think so. All right. Number nine, Sasha Banks debuts in new Japan pro wrestling, um, as Mercedes Monet or Monet or something like that. I, I, her, her theme song is like stuck in my head. <laughs> Monet, Monet, <laughs> it's pretty, listen, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about New Japan today, and obviously Wrestle Kingdom was this past week, but uh, I just want to plug Project KFA, but I listened to their show, and uh, they did a, a fantastic job of really talking about more in-depth of what happened at Wrestle Kingdom, but talking about Mercedes Monet, um, you know, not the greatest debut um, I think we could have seen. Um, I mean, look, so we all know if, if you, if you watch new Japan, you watch any J- uh, Japanese, uh, uh, Japanese, I was gonna say Japanese theme, but Japanese, uh, hosted wrestling event. Um, they're definitely a more reserved crowd. Um, and they were just now allowed to start cheering at their events. Uh, Japan still had very heavy COVID restrictions and they've, um, not been allowed to cheer. They've only been allowed to clap. But still, I mean, if you watch the rest of Wrestle Kingdom, you'll know that, I mean, they know how to get loud. Uh, so they weren't loud at all for her. And that, oh God, that move that she put on Kyrie Saint was not good. Was not good. Uh, it, look, it looked bad. And I know there's reports that it was Kyrie who botched it and whatever. It looked cheesy. And then even her promo was kind of whack. I'm going to be honest with you. It wasn't good. But she's in, uh, she's in it. She's in New Japan. And, um. Obviously, we're going to talk about Dynamite here in a little bit, but uh, heavy rumor to show up on Dynamite this week. Uh, but she needs something better than what happened in New Japan. But whatever. The news is that she is, as we all suspected and we all hyped up on every one of our podcasts on this network and any other podcast you listen to, that she was going to pop up in New Japan. And she did at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, whether or not you thought it was great or not, she did it. All right, number eight. This is I love this, and I'm going to mark out here in a minute. MJF versus Brian Danielson has been tentatively announced um, at Revolution uh, in a 60-man Ironman match. Now, obviously, if you watched Dynamite this last week, um, they had a pre- uh, really great, I was going to say pretty great, it was a really great promo exchange. Um, and basically, MJF told Brian Danielson that if he can beat every single opponent every single week, uh, from here until I think it was the 8th of February, 
then MJF would give him a match at Revolution. And then Brian Danielson retorted with, all right, you'll give me that match, and it's going to be a fucking 60-minute Iron Man match. Guys, I want you all to know I am a fucking mark for a 60-minute Iron Man match. Um, I mean, I was listening to Project Kayfabe, and they brought up a very good point about is 60 minutes too long? You know, because these AEW pay-per-views are already long enough, I'm assuming that they'll make some tailoring to the schedule of the pay-per-view to the card because, I mean, I, I think Tony Khan's, Tony Khan does a, a good job of at least listening to criticism. Um, he, he knows the criticism, criticism is there about how long these damn AEW pay-per-views are. So I don't think he's trying to make them even longer. I don't think this is going to be a 60-minute match put in a what would be a 20-minute match uh, slot. I think he'll cut 40 minutes from you know other matches somewhere else in the card. Uh, or figure that out. But the fact that they're going to have that match, listen, this is what MJF needs um, because he can he can do some cheating bullshit, and obviously he can lose a couple uh, falls if, as he goes and still win the match. I don't think Brian Danielson is going to win, um, but I think – actually, what I really think is, is this is Brian Danielson's like swan song for a little while. I think he's going to take a little bit of a break. I know we've all said that about John Moxley too, and he's still fucking around. Uh, but this has the potential just to be – an amazing and dramatic match, and I love a sixty-minute man Iron Man match. Sixty-minute Iron Man match. Um, I really think it's cornballish when they dropped it down to thirty. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about thirty minutes. I want to see two motherfuckers go at it for sixty minutes. So I am super hyped at that potential. We all know it's going to happen. We know Brian Danielson is going to do just fine and make it all the way through. Um, all right, number seven. William Regal sends his goodbyes as he announces official AEW departure. So. Uh, I mean, obviously, we knew Ryan, uh, Ryan, Jesus, William Regal was leaving AEW. Uh, obviously, they wrote him off TV, and of course, the dirt sheets are all pushing out that um, uh, he made a deal with Tony Khan to return the WWE now that Triple H was in charge, and his son uh, is in developmental down there, and uh, you know his friends are there. I mean, he's he was he didn't quit uh, WWE. He was fired and went found employment elsewhere, and now the employment is working back up and. Um, good guy, Tony Khan, uh, which he can be sometimes, uh, decided to hook him up and not extend his contract or not exercise the option. I think it was. And, um, I think the, uh, the only rule that I know about is that he's not allowed to appear on TV until 2024. Um, and that's to help sell what happened on AEW. And I think if you're going to let somebody your contract and let somebody work and collect a paycheck, especially someone like William Regal, not not being on TV until 2024 is totally fine. Um, whether or not William Regal wants to do that, if he actually wants to work in the back, I think that's what he wants to do. He's got an executive vice president role. Um, uh, heard some rumors that he was backstage at SmackDown this last Friday, and uh, so he might be doing something there. Uh, hopefully we hear more about what his actual role in WWE is going to be. But he got on Twitter and said his goodbyes and uh, thanked everyone at AEW. Kind of squashed some of the rumors that were going around that he was frustrated with the workplace. Uh, I believe one of the terminologies being tossed around, I think it was, wasn't it EC3 who was saying this shit? Was, uh, maybe it wasn't, uh, like immature leadership or immature management and stuff like that. He said very nice things um, and about his time at AEW. And uh, yeah, good luck to William Regal. Happy he's back in WWE and happy he's happy because that's all that really matters. All right, number six, WWE announces Money in the Bank is going to be live from the O2 Arena in London on July 1st. Obviously, Clash of the Castle, huge success. And um, 
I think what most people, uh, especially if you live in Europe slash uh, England, one of the criticisms you have about WWE coming out there is they're basically, basically for like the last 20 years, they've only just, it's just been a house show circuit, right? Maybe they toss a Raw or SmackDown in there, but for the most part, it's just a house show circuit. And, um, and the fact that they brought the Clash of the Castle, not only did they bring it, but they also made it like a legitimate, stake-worthy pay-per-view. Like this was... This was something that meant something. Um, I, I kind of throw back to like the old insurrection days where sometimes they meant something. I mean, you could have skipped them. It wasn't really a big deal. You can definitely tell it was just let's go do something for the, the English audience. But Clash of the Castle was so amazing. And I mean, it was, if you go back and listen to our end of year, it was in close, close contention for pay-per-view PLE of the year. So the fact that they're bringing one of their top shows, I mean uh, – I know they have their, you know, WWE has their top four WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, and SummerSlam. But I mean, I think for like the last four or five years, Survivor Series has been number five to Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank has been the number four. So this is a big pay per view to bring to to bring to England and bring to London. And um, oh, the crowd was so good. That's what I need, man. When I watch wrestling, I want the crowd to be hot. And the crowd was hot at Clash of the Castle. Um, Sidetrack, the crowd was hot this week for um, AEW, uh, whether they're in Seattle for Dynamite or in Portland for Battle of the Belts and Rampage. Damn, those shows were fucking hot with the crowd. So happy as hell to hear that Money in the Bank is going to London, and uh, we'll see what that looks like, you know, especially for English, uh, more English and European wrestlers. Uh, I think they could be heavy favorites to winning Money in the Bank uh, just for the pop alone. And they've got some really good European English talent in WWE right now. Young talent that could really do some good with a Money in the Bank win. All right. Number five. WWE is showing interest in New Japan stars. Um, All right. Here we go. I'm going to try to pronounce these guys. I suck at this shit, but I'm going to try to pronounce these. All right. Yeah, fuck. I'm embarrassed. Don't, Don't roast me. Uh, Hikalu, Hikalu, oh fuck man, I suck. And Tamatanga, I do know Tamatanga. So um, yeah, WWE is showing interest, and it's fascinating. With uh, it's New Japan is like a really fascinating entity right now, and uh, I love hearing news that WWE is looking into to getting in with them because obviously Carl um, uh, Anderson he wrestled this weekend at, uh, and he's a WWE contracted guy. He wrestled last week at Wrestle Kingdom, and also um, I mean you have. Uh, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura in Japan doing stuff, and um, there's heavy rumors that they want a uh, Forbidden Door style uh, entrant in the Royal Rumble this year, and uh, and you also have all the AEW stuff going on with New Japan too. I mean, Kenny Omega, obviously, we'll talk more about him in a little bit. Uh, AEW guy wrestling in New Japan. Um, New Japan obviously has the relationship with uh, AEW with Forbidden Door, and that Forbidden Door 2 will most likely be happening again this summer. And it'd be awesome if it was in Japan uh, versus uh, being in America. But yeah, uh, WWE scouting out uh, New Japan heavily right now, which they should. Um, I know they have their next in line thing for how they develop people, but there are some amazing wrestlers in the world that could really benefit from a WWE push on that main stage. And uh, hope it all works out. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll talk more about that later with WWE. All right, number four, WWE announces Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. 
Um, I threw this one in there because I'm going to be at the Royal Rumble, and I'm super excited for it. Obviously, Kevin Owens is not going to beat Roman Reigns, but anything that pushes the Bloodline story further along. And uh, I had saw somewhere, maybe I misread it, that it was going to be a no-DQ match. I couldn't find that anywhere when I was prepping for the podcast. But please, oh God, that'd be so great because, I mean, Roman Reigns was phenomenal on SmackDown this week with his frustrations and the yelling at Sammy and, uh, you know, the um, you want to be tribal chief shit. I mean, we're we're starting to see, I mean, we all have our fantasy booking of how the bloodline is going to fall apart. But they're taking it to a spot I didn't think it was going to go. I was like, wait a minute, is Roman losing his goddamn mind? Please, 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 this is what I need. So obviously we're going to be sliding into WrestleMania season, and we still don't know what WrestleMania season is going to look like for Roman. We've got zero idea. Um, we've all got our fantasy booking, but we really don't know what it's going to look like. Um, I mean, this time last year, we could have never have told you that Brock Lesnar was going to win the Royal Rumble and challenge uh, challenge Roman, and then a month later win the WWE Championship, and it'd be a belt versus belt match. So who knows what's going to happen, but I'm really excited about Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. Number three, FTR. Uh, lost their uh, IWGP tag titles, and that is their last titles. Um, the, the, the tag team who walked around with all the gold all year have lost all their titles, essentially, I think, in the last three months. I think, well, actually, two months, probably. I think they lost their AAA titles recently, too, like in December. So, obviously, they lost the Ring of Honors in December, and now they've lost the IWGP uh, tag team champions uh, championships last week uh, at uh, – at uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Oof, I was going to say New Kingdom. That didn't make sense. And, I mean, we could really talk. I mean, is this – I feel like if this was an AEW storyline, right? If they were staying in AEW, because rumors are that their uh, their uh, contracts expire in April. If they're going to stay in AEW and they had said, yes, we're going to stay, they extended their contract, I could see how this could be a really good storyline where they're just – they're shit in the bed and they need to rebuild themselves and they need to refocus and grind and grind and grind and work their way back up the rankings to eventually to a great win, winning uh, the uh, AEW championships. But they don't talk about this shit at all on AEW. Um, they got some bullshit. Uh, I mean, it's not bullshit. It's kind of fun. The Gun Club, uh, the Ass Boys, um, you know, that whole feud going on at AEW. But, I mean, this, I mean, to me, unless AEW makes some type of impact statement about it this week, on dynamite, then I, this is it. They're definitely out of the company uh, because the, I mean, hands down, best tag team that they've got right now, right? And they haven't shown them any love um, until recently with the acclaimed and getting that tag title match. And um, I don't know what FTR does if they aren't leaving AEW, like because they're not talking about them, they're not really pushing them to the level that they should be pushed, um, especially because they had multiple match of the year candidate uh, matches last year. All right, number two, Kenny Omega. All right, this is all about New Japan right now. Kenny Omega defeated Will Ospreay for the IWGP US Championship, and Okada defeated Jay White for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Now, uh, I didn't get a chance to see the Jay White match. Uh, I haven't watched it yet, but um, we'll talk more about Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. Yeah, we'll talk about it now. Fuck it. Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay four days, six days, five days, whatever day it landed on, uh, match of the year already, right? I had to make a note of it, so whenever me and the boys sit down at the end of this year and we're talking about match of the year, we definitely will bring up this match. There's, I mean, this match, Dave Meltzer rated, I think, like a 
six and a quarter star or some shit like it, whatever. He blew it off. I mean, it's, it's if you haven't watched it, and I, I'm sure you've listened to plenty of podcasts and they've told you to go back and watch it. If you haven't li- watched it, you absolutely have to go watch this match. Violent, hard-hitting, um, acrobatic and athletic as hell. And the fight that Will Ospreay put into this after just getting his ass beat by Kenny Omega. I mean, beat. Kenny Omega fucked him up and they did some wild shit it's i I was listening to a podcast i can't remember who it was and talking about like how do i keep watching wrestling and seeing shit that i haven't seen before that's what happened in this match um long ass match too i don't have the time right in front of me but long match um my daughter was asking me to do something and i told her hey once the match is over princess i'll do it and she kept coming down. Hey, is that match over? I was like, well, shit, Princess is not. It's still going. They're still beating the shit out of each other. Um, absolutely amazing match. And Okada, of course, winning like his 48th uh, IWGP World Championship. Um, I believe I saw something that he's held it longer than anybody. I'm not really familiar with New Japan. I, I really want to get more into it. The boys over Project KV were talking about that and just getting back into uh, this year, kind of making like a New, Year res- New, New Year's resolution to get back into New Japan more. But, um, yeah, big, big Wrestle Kingdom that happened this last week. And, of course, number one, you guys know what the hell we're going to talk about. Vince McMahon coming back to WWE as executive chairman um, with apparently based off of dirt sheets slash Wall Street Journal slash reading into his little statement that he put out, maybe to help facilitate a sale. Uh, but also, if you read some verbiage and hear other things, that he basically holding WWE hostage uh, with TV rights negotiations. Um, I'm sure you heard about the story enough, but yeah, apparently he said he would not sign off on any TV deal unless he was back as chairman. Um, that sounds like some fucking blackmail shit. But um, yeah, Vince McMahon's back. He's back in the company. Um, he has said, and uh, a, a call that went out to all. Uh, employees basically stated that uh, Vince McMahon would only be coming back in as an executive corporate position and that Triple H would still run creative. Uh, of course, the co-CEOs, Nick Khan, Stephanie McMahon are still in place and that management stuff and that would not be affected and any type of the creative potentially would not be affected. But um, we're going into WrestleMania season and Vince McMahon has popped his little turd head back in and um I'm interested to see what happened. Uh, I made the comment in our group chat. Um, if you're interested in being in our group chat, go to WrestleBuzz on Instagram, and you'll see the link tree, and you'll see the link to our Discord. You're, you're more than welcome to jump in and join us, join the conversation. But we talked, you know, maybe he was going to pop in on SmackDown because this all happened like Thursday, Friday, and he didn't. He didn't pop in on SmackDown. But, um, I mean – how long can he do it? And how long have people known? Um, you know, has Triple H known this whole time? And uh, is is that been affecting his decision making? Has Vince McMahon been helping him? I've got no idea. I know there's a lot of conspiracy theories, but I mean, Vince McMahon built this company essentially from the ground up, right? Um, obviously, buying it off his dad and then building it to what it is today. And can he just sit back and just be the corporate guy while somebody else is running the ship, even though, I mean, a lot of people will say the ship is running a hell of a lot better than it has in a long time. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But Vincent Mann is back. And ladies and gentlemen, that has been your 10 count. All right, let's go into our main topic of the night. And tonight's topic is my Royal Rumble wish list. Um, Obviously here in a little over two weeks, uh, two and a half weeks, something like that, we've got the Royal Rumble coming up. And, um, 
God damn it, guys. I am so excited. Um, last year's Royal Rumble was so trash. Um, I'm not really against Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey winning at all last year, but um, just the overall matches were weird. Um, it's just, it was just a weird, weird couple of rumbles, right? So this year being uh, Triple H's first true like test. All right, he's got the road to WrestleMania. Let's see, let's see how he books the Rumble, and I think. Him being in the Rumble so many damn times and for so long, I think he holds the record for like most time spent in the Rumble. Um, the potential is there, right? So here's what I want to see. And I'm going to go ahead and put the obvious one out right now, right? Cody Rhodes, I want him to win. He's got the perfect story. Leading up into WrestleMania, it would be absolutely perfect, right? So let's just get that turd out of there. Let's win. Uh, Cody Rhodes winning, okay? But like... We can move the bloodline along with this. Like, there could be more bloodline beef that happens. I mean, obviously, we got Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns. I'm assuming earlier in the night, I'm assuming the men's rumble will close out. Uh, I say the men's rumble. I mean, the women's rumble deserves to close out. Like, I, I thought back in the day when Becky Lynch won the rumble and Seth won the rumble that they fucked that up. They should have had the women's on last because that was the biggest hype one. I mean, I was there for that one. It was just so loud when Becky entered the rumble and won. Um, but this year going into it, definitely more hype in the, the women's side, or excuse me, on the men's side of the house. Um, and if you listen to our end of year podcast, we talked about our final four, uh, who we thought was going to be the final four. And, uh, for the women's side, uh, definitely Rhea Ripley. Um, I don't want to see the fucking Bellas in the rumble. Um, I would love to see some of those NXT girls come up. Cora Jade, uh, Nikita Lyons, uh, uh, was it anybody, any Roxanne Perez, any of them come up. And that would be awesome. Uh, but for the men's, um, God, it has to be Pat McAfee, right? Pat McAfee has to be in the Rumble. Please. I mean, look, I like Bad Bunny, but please keep him out of this year. We saw him last year. He did his little Canadian Destroyer. It was awesome. But Pat McAfee absolutely has to be in the Rumble. Um, I would love to see John Cena in the Rumble. And um, I can't. I think there's been a lot of rumors about who he's going to face at the the at WrestleMania because I think John Cena is definitely going to be in there. But this is where you could start it. One of my favorite Rumble moments of all time was Shawn Michaels, Kurt Angle, and uh, what was that, 2005, I think it was, when ended up setting up their WrestleMania 21 match. and But that's what happened. It started at the Rumble, and then it just snowballed into one of the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time. Shout out to Kurt. He's my favorite wrestler of all time. Um, we could see something like that with John Cena. Somebody eliminates John Cena, which puts him into a not a feud per se, because I don't think John Cena needs to come in and have a feud with anybody. He just needs to. He's just there to put somebody over in a big in a big big ticket match. Um, who's that person is going to be? I don't know. Uh, a lot of rumors have been tossed around. Uh, there's also rumors being tossed around about Brock and um, Gunther. Tell me how we could not set up the perfect. Gunther versus Brock match at WrestleMania with Gunther eliminating him in the Rumble. Um, go back not even that long ago. Was it 2017 with um, – or 2016, 2017? I can't remember. Where uh, Brock got eliminated by Goldberg, right? And that just set up obviously the, the, the road to WrestleMania from there. And obviously they had their matches before that. But still, that was a big moment at the Rumble in the Alamo Dome if I remember. So having Gunther eliminate Brock would be absolutely perfect. Um, who do I think the forbidden door person is going to be? Um, I would love to see Jay White. I know there's a lot of people out there because I think Jay White, while he had his like weird moments on, 
on AEW, like he was like backstage and um and then of course he wrestled at uh forbidden door um he's not contracted to AEW. he's contracted to new japan and if they're going to bring in somebody from new japan uh that's really going to make waves jay white absolutely does it now will tony khan like that will he agree with that will it be something he's okay with because obviously he cares about the value of his brand what's their relationship contract set up like i don't know uh jay white would be great but even better would be to have like oh, an Okada, like have a actual uh, Japanese wrestler come in, uh, blow the fucking roof off. You know what I'm saying? There are opportunities here to make money, make money without hurting either brand, uh, either company. And I mean, I mean, shit, Lord, if they got an AEW guy, if they got John Moxley to come into the Rumble, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, uh, both Triple H and Tony Khan are being super arrogant about it, at least publicly. Um, I mean, in Tony Khan's defense, he did book out All Out, and then they booked two WWE shows the same weekend. So by the time we got to All Out, we were fucking tired of wrestling. Uh, so I don't blame Tony Khan for being upset about that. And, uh, oh yeah, there's also the whole them reaching out to people who were contracted with AEW, trying to get them out of their contract. <laughs> there's all that bullshit too, but... An opportunity here to make money. Give me John Moxley. Oh, oh, get me John Moxley in the fucking Rumble with his AEW music, with his AEW character. Not that Dean Ambrose shit. We've got Dean Ambrose is dead. We got John Moxley now. Um, but obviously, this is all. I mean, ever since Cody Rhodes popped up at WrestleMania last year, this is all leading to Cody Rhodes winning the Rumble. Um, I mean, we've all kind of fantasy booked that he would be a surprise entry at like a number 30 or a number 28 or something like that. Um, but then they're running these promos. Cody Rhodes is on the WrestleMania uh, poster, or excuse me, on the Royal Rumble poster, uh, which, of course, a lot of people have identified. Uh, you can check it out on WrestleBuzz on our Instagram page. Uh, that a bunch of lightning and, of course, the most electrifying uh, sports entertainer of all time. The Rock, um, there's also possibilities. I mean, I've heard a lot of rumors that maybe Stone Cold will be in the Rumble, maybe set up who he's going to wrestle at uh, WrestleMania. I mean, there's an opportunity here for this to make the greatest Royal Rumble of all time. Pay Stone Cold, pay The Rock, pay everybody as much money as you want. Pay Tony Khan as much money as he wants because you're going to make that back threefold if you get Jon Moxley in the ring. I want to see... I want to get down to like the final five and not know what the hell is going to happen. And they have all the potential to make that happen. Um, unfortunately, not really for the roster now. Like I don't think Austin Theory, he's gonna, he's not going to win the Royal Rumble, right? That's not going to happen. Um, he's got his own push going on. He's not going to win. But having him come in, um, Gunther's not going to win. But having them in the match, just it just puts so much tension in the air. And having – oh, God – John Cena, Gunther, Edge, uh, Cody Rhodes, going fucking John Moxley. Look, guys, I know I'm going fantasy booking like crazy right now, but that's what this podcast is right now. I just want to be excited by the entrance. You don't have to throw in like random people um, that just to, just to fill the ring. You have plenty of money and plenty of reach to get some badass motherfuckers in this match, and that's what I want. That's what I want. From the Royal Rumble. Same thing on the women's side. Um, you can reach out and just bring in anybody. Uh, I mean, Ronda Rousey can be in the Rumble now. She doesn't have a belt anymore, so she can be in it. Um, God, that'd be great to really rebuild her character if they pulled the, the Brock Lesnar from a few years ago where Brock Lesnar came in at number one and he eliminated like 15 people or whatever it was. Um, 
yeah, that's all I want. I just want it to be exciting because I love the Royal Rumble so much, and I, I don't need 15 losers that I know have stand no chance coming into the Rumble. Um, keep that shit under 10 and just give me 20 badass motherfuckers who I could legitimately believe could win the Royal Rumble. Um, or just be exciting for them to be in the ring. Or set up something for the future. Set up something for WrestleMania. Whatever. That's my Royal Rumble wish list. I'm going to keep rambling about it. Uh, yeah. Royal Rumble is going to be great. All right. Let's transition over to our best of the weeks. All right. If you follow me on Instagram at From the Top Row Podcast, you'll notice I post those every Sunday. Um, it's what I think was the best of the weeks for four different categories. So let's run down what they were this week. So moment of the week. I had to give to Mercedes Mo- Monet, <laughs> Monet uh, debuting at New Japan and, and stardom too. And obviously she's wrestling in San Jose um, for the IWGP uh, Women's Championship uh, in February, I believe. And yeah, it was a big moment uh, that it happened, whether or not it was underwhelming in action. But the moment it, heard, it actually happening uh, was a big deal. And uh, well, let's see if she pops up on Dynamite this week. Uh, promo of the week I have to give to Brian Danielson and MJF. I mean, I mean, if you listen to this podcast enough, I mean, MJF pops up here a lot because, damn, his promos are the best, and he just brings the best out of whoever he's doing the promo with. And this week, hands down, uh, their exchange was amazing. The intensity was there. <laughs> Made several jokes about each other's mothers being whores, and it was fantastic. And... Um, I mean, MJF is 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 the best. He's the best right now with promos. And just anybody who's there with him is just going to rise, even someone like a Brian Danielson. Uh, match of the week, of course, I gave to Will Ospreay. Kenny Omega for the IWGP US title at Wrestling Kingdom. Uh, absolutely, hands down, match of the year contender. I don't know what could top that. I mean, Kenny Omega smashing Will Ospreay's head into a table and just watching that table disintegrate. I mean, they beat the shit out of each other. And I saw clips, but I didn't see the whole thing of Will Ospreay's post-media scrum. And he just was fucking emotional, angry, bloody as shit. Just absolutely phenomenal. And, of course, Wrestler of the Week, um, I had to give to Ricky Starks. I uh, had a banger of a match against uh, uh, Chris Jericho this week. And uh, the crowd was there for it. The crowd was cheering. The crowd was screaming. Uh, kicked out of, uh, I think he took a baseball bat to the head from one of the JS on the outside. Kicked out. And obviously got the win, and then they just beat the shit out of him. But Ricky Starks put on a hell of a show. And that is definitely someone who deserves a legitimate title. Whether it be the All-Atlantic, whether it be the TNT, I'm not sure. Uh, And I want to give a shout-out to um, Darby Allin, too, for uh, winning his second TNT title against Samoa Joe. Great goddamn match. Obviously in his hometown, and it was awesome. Um, But, yeah, those are your best of the week. All right, let's preview the upcoming week in wrestling. So Monday Night Raw, what I have uh, listed uh, from WWE is Austin Theory is going to let us know what's next for him. I'm assuming he's going to be announcing himself for the Rumble, and Alexa Bliss will explain her actions. I assume we're going to a rematch with her and Bianca at um, Royal Rumble, so we'll see how that goes. On NXT, we've got New Year's Evil. So let's break down the matches coming up this week on New Year's Evil. Uh, of course, we got Braun Breaker defending his NXT championship against Grayson Waller. Uh, Tony D'Angelo uh, versus uh, Dijak versus, or Dijak and, oh, my things are messed. My bad. Tony D'Angelo versus Dijak. Sorry, my, my notes are all weird. Um, and uh, the Creed Brothers uh, versus. Oh, man, it's so, it's so, my notes are so weird. 
Um, God, my notes are weird. Uh, the Cree brothers are in action. <laughs> Sorry, I can't read my notes. They're, they're all jumbled together. I copied it from Wikipedia and it didn't come out good. All right, we've got uh, Hank Waller versus... Oh, man, my... My whole notes are all messed up. I'm sorry, guys. Um, Hank Waller versus Charlie Dempsey. Yes, there it is. Sorry, I got my notes together. Hank Waller versus Charlie Dempsey. And then, of course, we got the 20-woman battle royal to determine the number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship at NXT Vengeance Day coming up in February. Um, and Pretty Deadly versus three to-be-determined teams, a gauntlet match to determine the number one contender for the NXT Tag Team Championship. I'm assuming the Tag Team Championship match will happen at Vengeance Day. All right, AEW Dynamite, big show this week. We've got the Death Triangle versus the Elite, number seven. Um, it's a ladder match. I'm going to pronounce it because they because I feel like I have to. Escalara de la Murta. <laughs> That's a ladder match uh, for the final match in their best of seven series. Uh, definitely going for the elite with that one. John Moxley versus Hangman Adam Page. Brian Danielson versus Konotsuki Takashita. I'm sorry, I fucking suck at the Japanese names. I'm doing. I'll do better for my professionalism and journalism. Um, Big Ville and Lee Moriarty, of course, against Jungle Hook. Uh, Jamie Hader and Doctor Britt Baker, DMD versus Soraya and Tony Storm. Wink, 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 wink. We'll see what happens with that. And the Jericho Appreciation Society will speak uh, on SmackDown. Big one going down on SmackDown. Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn and Gunther versus Braun Strowman for the IC title. Um, and on Rampage, I don't have anything. All right, so finally, the hot tag of the night. Let's talk about AEW Rampage and Battle of the Belts. So hopefully you watch Rampage and Battle of the Belts this week. They were phenomenal. Um, interesting concept where they just kind of bled into each other. They were both live. Um, uh, and f- I just wanted to talk about real quick, um, if AEW is going to do anything in 2023, they 100% need to figure out the logistics and the financials of doing a live rampage. Live rampage is 100 times better than a taped rampage. I still don't like how they cut the entrances out and shit like that. They don't need to do that. Just make it a one hour wrestling show. I don't need, I don't need a hundred. I think last one week they had like four people speaks or whatever, or we'll hear from no, 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 no. We don't need any of that. You can do a quick little promo with some people, but rampage should be the banger show. Uh, let dynamite build stories and let, and, and also stop making matches on dynamite for rampage. That's that's a problem. That's why people can't get into Rampage because it's just weird little backstage angles. And then like, oh, I'll see you this Friday on Rampage. But even though everybody knows it's not this Friday, it's like in 30 minutes when Rampage actually is on. Make Rampage live. 1,000%. You have to make it live. Figure it out, Tony. And make it its own show. You can have a, a an angle or something happen on Rampage which sets up a match on Rampage. It doesn't need to happen on Dynamite. It can happen on Rampage. Um, I like the old days where Hook was like all about Rampage. That was Hook's show. CM Punk really did a lot of his matches on Rampage. That was awesome before he really got into more of the main event title picture. Um, you need to have exclusive people on Rampage. You need to make it live and make it hot. It was so hot watching it on this last week. It made me so happy to watch it. And simultaneously, Battle of the Belts needs to be a TV pay-per-view. 
whether or not you do it on Friday right after uh, right after Rampage, or you go back to what you were doing was on Saturday, make it live too. I don't give a shit, Tony. If you're going to have these shows, make them worth my time. Live shows are going to work every single time. And make it a pay-per-view. Build it for a couple weeks. Use it as a, a nice little middle point in between your pay-per-views. It's totally fine. You can totally do that. Um, I When they first announced it and that they're going to have... When they were moving the TBS and they're going to have four specials on TNT, only thing I thought about was Clash of the Champions back in the WCW days. And, of course, Clash of the Champions was annually, I believe. and But it was a pay-per-view level event live that happened on TNT. And that was great for someone like me who was a kid who I had to beg my parents to buy me pay-per-view. So it was just great to have... Which, I mean, you can go back in hindsight and see whether or not it was pay-per-view worthy or not. But at least in my mind, it was. And they made it, but they made it feel paper, pay-per-view worthy uh, being held on cable TV. That's what Battle of the Belt should be. It should be not just these last minute, th- like the tag match, which was awesome between um, Jeff Jarrett and, uh, you know, the acclaimed. That was great, but it was made on Dynamite. That's not how we should be doing business, Tony. Make Battle of the Belts a pay-per-view level event that happens, and make it two hours too. Stop this little weird one. We're t- one Rampage is fine at an hour if you make it a wrestling show. You make it a banger show. You can put bangers on Rampage. It's fine, Tony. Make it a two-hour live event. All you know, it doesn't have to be all belts, but belts are on the line, and you got plenty of belts in that damn company. You could definitely fill a two-hour show, and then make it awesome too. Make it like you're trying to get a pay-per-view. And I, I'll say that I think he's trying to go in that direction. I think a lot of criticisms were he was definitely holding back matches for pay-per-views. Um, and some matches you can hang back for pay-per-views. But remember, CM Punk um, versus MJF happened on TV first. And then it came. Then the, the real match came at the pay-per-view. It's okay to put matches we want to see on TV. And I think he's kind of already leaning that way. Uh, John Moxley's been appearing on Rampage. Um, their tag match they did with Top Flight this last week was awesome. If you haven't watched Rampage or Battle of the Belts, you should definitely go back and check it. Uh, Rampage was definitely better than Battle of the Belts, but mainly because that, that John Moxley, Brian Danielson versus Top Flight match. That was so good. Tony, that's the shit we need to see on Rampage. Make Rampage worth my time and make Battle of the Belts feel like a pay-per-view that's happening on TV. It's okay to do that. We want to watch it. We're going to buy your pay-per-view. You can build the pay-per-views to be the crescendo, to be the matches of all matches, and still put on bangers on TV. Um, Yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Listen, make Battle of the Bells great again. (laughs) And so, make Rampage great again. Uh, But, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes what we've done here at From the Top Row Podcast. I've just rambled on. Uh, and I love it so much. Uh, but before we close out the show, um, I wanted to do something. So I've never been a trading card guy. Um, but uh, I was in Walmart the other day. And I was just fucking around in the trading car aisle. And I saw these WWE uh, uh, Panini Prism uh, debut edition uh, cards. Uh, I think P- Panini is the name of the company. And I bought a pack. And the pack has 15 cards in it. Um, and I just wanted to take one of the cards out and see what these cards are like right here on the show. So every week at the end of the show, I'll take a new card out and I'm going to kind of see what we got going on here. So I'm going to take a card out and see what we got. All right, here we go. All right. Bobby Lashley's on the card. 
It's definitely a foil hologram looking kind of card. Um, it's called the Prismatic Entrances, Bobby Lashley. Um, and then on the back, it's got the almighty Bobby Lashley is one of the most dominant competitors ever to compete in the WWE Universe. And his entrance is fitting for a man of his stature. A montage of Lashley's most electrifying moments leads to flashes and lightning. The entrance is capped with pyros and Lashley mounts the ropes. This is a number 19, I guess, in some type of series. Um, yeah, it's kind of a cool card, I guess. I'll post a picture of it on my, uh, on my Instagram at from the top rope podcast. And, uh, yeah, cool. I'm gonna put this right here and I'm just interested in, I collect shit. So, you know, I, I end up wasting my money on nonsense, but, uh, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget you can follow me on Instagram at I hate Gerge Brooms. You can follow this podcast at from the top rope podcast. Um, follow WrestleBuzz at WrestleBuzz on Instagram, at WrestleBuzz with three Z's on Twitter. Um, you can follow our flagship show, the Wrestling Journal Podcast, at the Wrestling Journal Podcast on Instagram. And of course, uh, Project Kayfabe at Project underscore Kayfabe on Instagram as well. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, that's it. That has been this episode of From the Top Rope, number 58. Um, go follow me on Instagram. Show me some love. Show the WrestleBuzz Podcast network some love by giving us a five-star rating and uh, until next week i'll see you then ciao